Hello and welcome to Good Darts. It's brought to you by friends at Low Six. It's the uh, lowest quality podcast about the highest quality sport. Uh, we will be talking the return of the fans and the Premier League later on. We'll be looking ahead and making our Low Six picks uh, for the PDC Picks app. You can get that wherever you get your apps to win cash prizes in free-to-enter tournaments uh, because the real darts is back with actual fans in the building. I'm not quite sure how many are back. Uh, early on next week, but it will be a sellout towards the end of the Premier League and indeed the Premier League playoffs. Uh, we're going to be talking women's darts as well. We've got a genuine legend of the sport in Lisa Ashton, the Lancashire Rose four-time ladies world champion, uh, and we'll be discussing the women's game in general. It is I, Dan Dawson, and Wayne Mardell, published author, is alongside me virtually. Wayne, hey. we are talking. we are talking on book publication day, are we not? Yes, we are. It's really exciting, yeah. We've... Uh... Uh, the, the the publishers and uh, Penguin, do you know what? It's been a, a massive learning curve. Been a brilliant experience. I, I did one back in the day uh, that was kind of on a on a smaller scale, but this is kind of it's it appears to be going really well. They said the pre book sales, uh, the pre sales of of the hardcover have been fantastic. Uh, Rod Studd texted me earlier. Uh, who's getting better and better, by the way, after his, after his stroke. We hope to see him in uh, in Blackpool for a, for a couple of days. He said, I've just downloaded the audio book. Seven hours and 13 minutes. Can you not read faster? <laughs> to, to which I responded, it's a book, not a podcast, you sap. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, look, it's all going well so far. So yeah, fingers crossed it becomes a, uh, it hits the top million of sales in, uh, this year. Top million of sales this year. Lofty goals. Lofty goals. Yeah. The audio seven and a half hours, right? How many sittings did you have to do? Because you read it yourself, don't you? You've not got you know Brian yes. Blessed to read your book. No. Uh, no, I, I wish it was. Yeah. yeah that'd be amazing. Uh, it was it? five sittings of roughly, roughly five hours a day. Oh it, dear God. Hang on, so it, what, you've got was... to do 25 hours to get seven and a half yeah. hours? How many times are you having to read things? It's your book. Honestly, Dan, Dan, it, it was outrageous. Look, I I can read, I can talk, but so, apparently... So proud of you. I can't, I can't, yeah, thank you. <laughs> apparently, I can't do those things at once with the tone. It, it's, it's, and you see what I just did? It's, it's, you can't do that. You can't and do that. You, you mm. can't stumble. You you just can't hesitate. And if there's an of and you say if, if there's a and and you say you don't say it, it's like, can you do that again? You missed out and. Right. Okay. Okay. And you might say darts player. And Wayne, Wayne, it's darts player. Right. Okay. You might say dart players. And Wayne, it's darts players. And you're like, oh, jeez. Anyway, well, well, at the end of it, my voice went. My, my, yeah. vo my voice was struggling at the time anyway. It was struggling at the time anyway because I'd just come off the back of, of five or six days of Premier League. And I, I, I talk incessantly. We all know that. Which is why millions listen to this podcast, Dan. Millions. <laughs> yeah. Hi um, I, I to both uh, of you. Do you know what? If you're still here. Yeah. The, the, the guys, that the, the editors at, at the time, uh, Alex and, and Andrew, uh, they said, do you know what? You, you're doing really well. You think that you're not, but you are. You're getting through the the 70, 80 pages a day. You're doing you're doing as well as as well as anyone apart from like a professional reader that would do double. So, at the end of it, they said, "Did you enjoy that?" And I went, "No," and shut the door. <laughs> <That was it>. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I did not, and I, I I won't do it again. 
You won't. That's because that's. I, no. I do. Th- I no. just think you'd be really self-conscious if you're just in a little recording studio. And can you see the producers, or are they just buzzing through on yeah. audio? And that you can see them. I mean, is it like Toast no, of it, London? It, are they just you sort can of see them? Yeah. Could you um? Yeah. You know when you said uh, Peter Manley? Could you just give me a bit more? Could you judge that up for me a little bit? Just uh, Peter Peter well, Manley Manley. Just doing that no, over and over. It was a again. bit like that. There was a bit like that. Can you accentuate? Uh, it might be certain words, but there was one that I accentuated, over accentuated, because I had to. It's we were talking about catchphrases, and it was the case of uh, it's in the books, which is available today from uh, a wife other one dot com, or you can go to Amazon and download it if you want to. Anyway, uh, it's uh, can you uh, Wayne? Why did you accentuate that? I said, well, that that's the way I would say it in commentary. All right, okay, can do that again. So, so yeah, sure. And uh, this is how it went. And what's followed me around, and it wasn't intentional, is the catchphrase, bullseye! Yeah. Anyway, as I kind of was doing it again, they went, I'm not sure that that sounds right. I said, I can't say it any other way. I said, it would be wrong. I said, it would be wrong. I said, it just would. <laughs> I said it, it would anyway so they've, they've gone over it now this took about 20 minutes to sort out which is what so they've got someone else who's a listener uh, that, just to make sure that no mistakes are, are, are missed and uh, this woman she went right okay she went I'm going to get YouTube up and see if I can anyway so she went to YouTube went to Wayne Mardle Bullseye and she went right she went that's excellent that is what? excellent. So they didn't right, believe okay. you. They thought you were just taking the no, piss. A, no, they they thought it was a case of we're not quite sure it works. The thing, just like, bear, right. bear with me, Wayne. I'm just going to talk with my producer. He can't fucking say that on the telly like that. People think he's a fucking idiot. How, how would yeah, Sky employ him if that's how he says bullseye yeah. every bloody time? Come, just, just say it again for me, Wayne. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. incredible. Bullseye, yeah. And no, honestly, it was a idiot, case man. of. Uh, Get Brian Blessing on the phone immediately. Ah, I was saying things and I went, that's how I would say it in commentary. I have to say that. Yeah, okay, okay. No worries, no worries. So, yeah, it was quite funny. But now you can see why it took so so damn long. Yeah, I can. I can. Well, look, there you go. There's the worst couple of weeks of of my life. A, the blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into this book. So, so go and get. There you go. Uh, go and get it. That's a, that's a good darts podcast guarantee uh, that you will have the finest uh, audio book in your collection. Assuming that your current collection stands at zero, it will automatically be the best. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> Wayne Mardle's book is out now. Go and get it. Um, right, we've got Lisa Ashton coming up uh, later on in the podcast. So I want to talk about the women's game, uh, Wayne. Women's game, it's it's certainly a potential growth area for the sport. When d- darts, more than the vast majority of other sports on the planet, has a real opportunity to have the men and women play alongside each other, against each other, and that provides a, a unique aspect to the sport. Now, this is something that really could help catapult it to another level over the next few years and decades, could it not? Yeah, it, it it really could, and do you know, I I just feel I feel for the ladies so much because okay, you got we've we you spoke to Lisa and we've we've got her on later, and she's kind of made uh, she's brought it to the fore with with qualifying and and getting a, a tour card, uh, 
which mm. was an incredible achievement. But just before that, we had we had Fallon winning games at, at the World Championship, and not just. I don't mean this is is not a derogatory term to to some also ran some that you kind of expected her to uh, maybe to turn over anyway. But the players she beat, it was just it, it was outrageous. Ted Everts is a fantastic human being and, and, a, and a great player. And then Mensur Sulevich was like, what on earth? How, how did that just happen? The world but number 11 that, at the time. And a, man who, and a man who should, yeah. let's, let's remember, a man who should have beaten uh, the most recent world championship finalist, Gary Anderson, uh, the most recent yes. world championship. It's not like yes. he was a spent yeah, he, force or anything. Yeah, that's right. He, he kind of had, had Gary on toast, but... Throughout the, the decades, and I've been lucky to, to be around kind of the, the high end of, of darts, whether it be watching or, or uh, playing, uh, that's a bit suspect, but I've been around it for sort of best part of, of 35 years uh, since I was kind of 10, 11 years of age. And I've seen <clears throat> I've seen kind of uh, Linda Batten Duffy and, and Maureen Flowers from the 70s and 80s. And then it was Mandy Solomons, who was just incredible. Dita mm. Edmund. I've seen all these women that have been magnificent in their day, but it's only just now, it's only just now that we seem to be kind of, they seem to be kind of breaking through. Things have changed and rightfully so, but do you know what? They've hardly ever had a platform to play on. For the first 25 years, there wasn't a women's world championship. What's all that about? Ridiculous, really. Not good at all. Well, okay. This is the, I think that this is, there's some genuine consternation about about how the women's game is set to move forward and how best it is for it to move forward. Now, the PDC, the PDC is a private events company. I know that it runs the biggest and best darting show in in the world, the biggest thing that has ever been in terms of this sport. But ultimately, it's yeah. a private events company. They are not the sports yeah. governing body across the world or no. anything like that. They have no responsibility to the amateur game, to disability darts, to female darts. And, you know, they, they don't have to... If somebody in Zambia wants to set up a, a darts tournament and, and get it accredited, the PDZ have nothing to do with that. They don't care. They're, they're, they're there yep. purely to create an elite level promotional sport that can Correct. make money. It makes money for itself, but it Correct. also makes money for those players. Now, there is nothing wrong with that, but we do need a very well stewarded governing body of the game to do all of that stuff, to make it inclusive, to get as many people, people who will never, ever, ever even want to reach the top of the game, they should be able to yeah. play darts and play in some kind of a structure. And that's what the WDF, I have yeah. full confidence that they are exactly the right people to do that across planet Earth. <clears throat> And I'm really hoping um, that we'll be speaking to them as things are starting to open up because it's a really exciting time and we're going to start seeing things happening across the world. Now, it's very, very important that everybody who wants to play darts can play darts. There's some sort of outlet for them. But how do we yeah. how do we do it with the women's game that actually helps them get to the very elite level of the PDC where there's a product that people want to watch? Because I would argue... That although there is great opportunities in darts, in that you know you can have men and women playing against each other, playing with each other, um, yeah, it, it ultimately they've got to be good enough to do that. And there's lots and yeah. lots of problematic issues with this. Um, one is that we don't have enough women playing, so you know you're going to have fewer top ones, and so the pool is is very very small until we get more and more women playing. 
one of the re- one of the ways we do that, we have people like Lisa Ashton breaking through, Fallon Sherrick getting worldwide headlines, and more girls want to start playing the game. And as the pool talent pool yeah. grows, you will get better ones, and then you'll get more breaking through. Um, but also, I mean, is there is there really is there that much appetite to watch women only events? Let me take an example of football, right? When you watch men's football and women's football, they're very different sports and they're very, they can be judged yeah. on their own merits. It's a different kind of football you're watching when you're watching the women's game. I watched the uh, Champions League final the other day, uh, Barcelona beat Chelsea. Really got, I've really enjoyed watching a lot of the women's football and I think it's, it's, it's yeah. different from watching men's football, but it's certainly enjoyable. Um, yeah. Now with darts, it's not like that. It's the same game. It's just typically though, the women's game at the moment, it's the same game played not as well. Now there might yes. be an art there yes. might be a market for this and obviously there's a chance for the women to improve when they're given more opportunities. But if it's just the same game that's played not as well, is there that much of a market, a money-making opportunity that can sustain an elite-level sport? Now, the World Seniors is starting up, and I would argue that's exactly the same bloody thing, and there seems to be plenty of people who are interested in that, so maybe there is. But that's one of the questions I would pose, and I don't know if you have an answer to it, Wayne. Well, I I have a theory about this, and I, I to cut a long long story medium, <laughs> I believe, I really do believe that it, the WDF and the UKDA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you <clears throat> if you're fully aware of of what they're they're trying to do and what they they've they've made inroads in, and that is to keep the Super League system and county system going. Now mm-hmm. this is independent of the World Darts Federation that want these big events on. Yeah. So we the whole the whole of the the darting community uh, at grassroots wants to play in a pub, then that takes you, right, that takes you to Super League. Then when you start playing for your county, that gets you on a big stage. And that's when you start to realise, do you know what? I love this. I really want more of this. Do you know, I want a bigger stage. So then you look for something else. And like you said earlier about some just want to play for fun. Some don't want to be professionals. Mm. I get that. I get that. I play golf. I don't want to be a professional. I, I... well, I do actually, but I'm just not good enough. But I, I would love, I, would, I would love to just play these these courses worldwide and think, wow, what an experience! And a lot of dart players that 90, 99% of them want to do that. And it starts with the UKDA getting that Super League system uh, up and running again, and and it's still it's still running. It never it never stopped, but mm-hmm. it's going to run more efficiently. It's going to run better. And I'm going to go on right now about the Essex team. Okay. This is purely ladies I'm on about. Purely yep. ladies. <clears throat> when my wife, Donna, used to play county, as did I, uh, there were two divisions of ladies with eight ladies in each team with 12 teams in each division. Now, now, as we stand, there are three teams. That's it. Mm-hmm. With four players in each team. Now, that's only 12 players. And you need 12 players to have a county team. So all those that are playing Super League, basically everyone selected to play in the Premier League of football, if you like, will be absolutely guaranteed to be an international. It's that Mm. kind of that kind of ratio. It's it's ridiculous. They're just there's not enough places, or there hasn't been recently 
for women to play because the county system has just gone down the pan because the BDO sent it down the pan. The Super League system had to go with it because they're connected. I just believe right now that the UKDA and WDF have such a responsibility to, to ladies' darts especially because men's darts has been all right, you know. It's mm. been all right, uh, the, 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 the lower echelons. Forget, forget the, the challenge tours and development tours, but it's been all right. Uh, there was, <clears throat> excuse me, there was still a world championship uh, two years ago. We know, we know Wayne Warren didn't get paid, but there was still a tour. There was still a ranking system. And yeah. I, I I feel for them. I feel, I feel for them all. I feel for all the amateurs, but the women especially, because if you're Fallon Sherrock and you're, you're Dieter Hedman and you're, you're uh, Bo Greaves, uh, all special players... Yeah, Bo Greaves, what they're, talent. They're not Lisa be. Ashton. They're not mm. Lisa Ashton. They've got nowhere to play. They, well, they, they've got to play in opens with men. And that, that is still a problem, by the way. There is a thing. Men v. women is still a thing. It's still weird for men because yes. they've played predominantly. They've still played predominantly uh, men. And there's still this thing. I know there is. I, I know. I see it. I, I watch it. And it, it hasn't gone because... We, when I say we, I'm on about dark players, still don't play women enough. But playing Lisa is now, they're getting over it. They're getting over it. I remember when uh, Anastasia de Bromislova uh, joined the, basically the PDC and was playing week in, week out. I remember mm -hmm. playing her in the Grand Slam. I didn't know what my name was. It was like, yeah. I can't lose to a woman. I can't lose to a woman. What would I do now? I'd just get on with it. Uh, I'm, yeah. We, we all... We all live, learn, and grow up, don't we? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, this. I mean, it was such a minefield when when Fallon beat Ted Everts because look, we know Ted Everts was the favourite, and rightly so because over a period of time, Ted yes. Everts has outperformed Fallon Sherrick. He has proven to be a better player, but certainly at that time. Now, Fallon played absolutely That's incredibly. It. Um, and she yeah. managed to win. Now, it doesn't surprise... Everybody around darts had seen, you know, Fallon and Lisa. They knew what they were capable of. They played in the exhibition circuit. They'd beaten men on the exhibition circuit. And let's... You know, they weren't... She wasn't the yeah. first woman ever to beat a man in a big TV tournament. It happened before. No. It just hadn't happened at yeah. the World Championship. And it's certainly nothing yeah. had ever got the, the, the recognition for it. So it was always a possibility. And it was probably an inevitability that at some point it was going to happen. Now, of course. But that doesn't mean that Ted Everts, it's not it's it's still an unwanted title for Ted Everts to be the first man yes. to lose to it. Because you're going in the history books for the wrong reasons with a loss next to your name. Now, just pointing yes. that out... You know, you did that and you'd get some people on Twitter who go, oh, well, what's wrong losing to a woman? Nothing is wrong losing to a woman. But the thing is, yes. you're still going into the history books as a loser in that yeah. regard, which is something you don't want to do. You don't want to be the first person yeah. to, you know, the first person from whatever, you know, part of the world or, um, you know, yeah. first woman to, to reach a world final and lose. You want to be the first one to go there and win, don't you? That's It's a positive yeah. reason yeah. for going in the record books. Um. But it brings me to this question about, and I'm not sure this has been adequately answered, and I still don't don't know for sure. Is it fair for the men and the women to be playing together in sport? Because there is, you go and speak to say Linda Batten Duffer, who does, uh, who, who works at the university. She's a psychologist, I believe, professor of psychology, um, and she'll say, well, there are studies here that says that men outperform women in throwing tasks, both in terms of strength, as you would expect and accuracy um however right 
we, it's difficult to gauge yeah. how much that gap between the two abilities is. And if you can have female fighter pilots, if you can have female racing car drivers, and they can compete, and they can win, and they can, you know, compete in 11 players, and if you can have female dark players, which we have seen, who can perform at an elite level and beat the men, then even if there is a tiny discrepancy, does it yeah. matter? Does it, does it matter? And this leads on to the question, if women can compete with men in darts, why are we saying to them, sod off and play in your own tournaments on your own amongst the other girls when we know that you yeah. can come here and win against the men? What's the answer to this riddle, Wayne? Because it's a very difficult one. Because we've seen Fallon's turned up, Lisa's turned up. Ah, oh, the women can beat the men. And the first call is, let's go and get tournaments just for women and they can play on their own. And it seems counterintuitive. Yeah, I, it is difficult. Uh, the only thing I, I would say that, that kind of goes for the argument that why why women are not as good as, good as men, and some are, of course some are. I, I, Lisa Ashton is, is better than, than 90% or 95% of the men on the planet, but that that's one lady. That mm -hmm. That is one lady. Trina Gulliver used to do amazing things on the board, and and she would compete, but they're, they're so few and far between. But what I would say is that I believe um, Trina Gulliver, <clears throat> Dita Edmund, uh, Leanne Maddock from back in the day, Bo Greaves now, Fallon Sherrock, uh, there's so many, Stacey Solomons from, from back in the, the 90s, 2000s. The more they play, the better they get. And the, the better players they play, the better they get. And I just believe that they play each other too often to improve. And I, I, I've listened to the uh, pre-listened to, to what Lisa Ashton said. Uh, and it's a case of she, she plays women and she thinks she's going to get another chance when she misses them. Mm. She doesn't think that with men. That yeah. improves your, com your concentration. I just believe if I play you at darts on a daily basis, my game may not improve. No offense to you, Dan. I've seen you play. You, you're, 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 you're uh, bang average. You, no, you're not. You, 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 you uh, worse than average, Wayne. Uh, I mean, look, you're, you're worse than average. Your standard may not but improve, Wayne, but I can assure you, your style and finesse will go. I mean, it'll go through oh. the roof. I mean, you, you yeah, play that's, against that's the best. That's a given. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is you, you might improve. No, no offence, I'm slightly better than you. You might improve, but I don't think I would. Mm. If I played Van Gerwen every day, surely I would get better. Surely. Oh, the, the, I this just is a think fact. Women for, yeah, women for too long have played against each other. So they've not dragged each other forward at all. In fact, because the likes of Lisa Ashton have have played so many women not as good as her, I don't believe she's got better. But she's better now. She's better yeah. now, averaging averaging a ton in a, in a televised game. Look, they've not dragged each other along, which I believe what the men have been doing for decades. Yeah, look, there is there is a genuine. They, they, it's obviously the way to go, whether you're playing on development tour, challenge tour, or getting onto the senior tour like like Lisa Ashton. If if you are good enough, 
to at least mix it there, your game will improve. And there is there are stepping stones now to do that. You know, the the JDC. I mean, we've got so many kids coming through academies. One name we haven't mentioned, somebody like Katie Sheldon, young Irish player, who's coming out oh, of the, the God, JDC yeah. Academy in Ireland. My apologies. Um, but no, but the thing is that she's she's very very young. I don't, I very much like you. I don't like naming really young teenage players and going, oh look out for them because there's so many things yeah. that can take place in their life. But look, yeah. somebody like Katie or other talents out there, um, yeah. they can. There are pathways now for them to play against the guys at a level where you would hope they can mix it and they can keep on working their way up through the system and improve. Um, the question is, do we need a separate ladies tour? Because while they're doing that, they need to be able to earn some... The best young men players, they're going to be winning things on those tours. And they can support themselves with the money they make from it. Or at least, you know, it, yeah. it will help out. But do we need something ring-fenced for the women um, where they can play as well as playing alongside the men to actually turn them into winners. You know, Michael Van Gogh himself says, you know, what what turned me into a winner was playing on a tour where I could actually win. And that was the development tour. Yeah. Because it was too yeah. much for him on the senior tour. But it was a pathway. It was a stepping stone for him. Do we need another stepping stone for the women alongside the ones that are there, the development tour, the challenge tour, and then the senior tour? I don't know the answer. I genuinely don't know the answer. But that's that's the question that I'm posing. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. But what like I've, I've already alluded to, what I do know is that these these women have to play better players. They, mm. they simply have to. And they will not improve and, unless they do. So maybe... Man, and look, I've not thought about this for, for any more than, than just the last kind of couple of couple of minutes. Maybe uh, there, there could be a place for uh, 16 women. They have a, a, a pre-qualifying event... And they get put into the the cha the, the challenge tour. Uh, I I don't know, mm. I don't know. I... Uh, if they hold their own in the challenge tour, then maybe uh, the the top two women's places uh, they they can then go on on the main tour. I don't I don't know. I'm just saying that playing on the challenge tour would undoubtedly improve them. It they'd have to improve. Otherwise, they would just get beat and beat, and they'd they'd soon go back to playing the level that they want to play. And that's absolutely fine. That's fine. But give them a chance to improve. Absolutely. Well, look, it, it has the potential uh, to be the growth thing in, in darts, the growth area in sport in general, uh, women's sport over the next few years. And uh, I know that the, the likes of Rod Studder, we mentioned already, has been banging this drum for some time now, and, and, and quite rightly. How that progresses, I don't know, because there is there is that genuine question about is there a market for just watching women's only darts um, if, if the quality isn't that good? And does that actually stop them from getting better? Because what actually makes them better is playing against the men. It is a very, very difficult issue and is one with some yeah. very different opinions that you go and hear from the likes of Rod Studd, Laura Turner, um, us two idiots here. There'll be lots and lots of different ideas about how to take the women's game forward. What we do know for sure, though, is that we already have one absolute icon of the game playing on the PDC Tour and doing things that women have never, ever done before. It is the Lancashire Rose. It is the four-time Ladies World Champion. It's a guest on the podcast this week. It's Lisa Ashton. These are the questions that you should be asking. 
Well, welcome to the podcast, Lisa Ashton, the Lancashire Rose, the four-time Ladies World Champion. Lisa, easy question to start out for you. Are you the greatest female darts player that planet Earth has ever seen? Well, as my family say, yes, I am. There we go. That's it. I like this. I mean, you've kind of palmed that question off onto your family, but are you, you evidently, you're in the discussion, in, in your own opinion. Yeah, you've got to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. So I, I think I am on myself, yeah. Absolutely. This is what I like to hear. Um, look, Lisa, let's, let's, go, let's go back to the, the start of your, your PDC time before we go way, way back. I mean, I, I was there in Wigan when you got your tour card and it was a nervy, nervy old experience. How did that experience compare with, with winning world titles, which, of course, you'd done numerous times before? I think that was the hardest day ever to have to sit there all day see if you've got your card, not got your card, got your card. I think that was more stressful of, of waiting for that than it was winning the world title, I must say. <laughs> well, hang on, you say that was the hardest day ever. Is, surely it wasn't as hard as the year before where you only missed out by a narrow, narrow margin. Um, yeah, but I was still playing then and I, and I didn't know how it worked, so I wasn't even thinking about it. But when this time I knew how it worked and I knew I was like I was relying on other players, I think that's what made it a bit more stressful this time mm. I mean in in the women's game where you've played you've you've played most of your sort of professional stuff if you like or the, the women's tournaments and the BDO system WDF system obviously you've got an incredible record how hard has it been moving to the PDC where you know, more often than not it, it's an early exit there have been some great runs and great results and great performances but but going out in in round one round two round three more often than not. That's got to be hard to do for somebody who's a perennial winner, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, it's a big step uh, from the ladies' game to, to the best players in the world. Uh, I know the ladies are right, uh, the standards is going higher, but it's nothing compared to, to, to some of the best players in the world. Going out in the first round and the second round, it is hard to take, but then I just, I just keep fighting and keep going because it's different levels and it's something I'm learning and hopefully I keep progressing in it. Do you think it's made you a better player over the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I've seen my game improve a lot with uh, playing these players. Um, yeah, I can see it, and uh, a lot of other people are seeing it, and hopefully it keeps uh, raising my game for me. See, that, that interests me. What do you think that's down to? No, just uh, the ladies. Um there's not many top ladies to play, but um, I knew if I missed a double, I might I would have had another goal at it. But in playing the men, you haven't got time to miss a double at all or a small score. You have to be on your game 24/7, and you have to take your doubles out straight away because you know you you know you're not going to get another goal. Why darts for you, Lisa? What what got you interested in the sport in the first place, and when was that? Um, it was my family. Um, my brothers all played darts. I've got four older brothers, and they used to play in, in my dad's uh, pub team and all that. And because I was the youngest and they went to practice, I had to do what they said. So they made me practice with them. And it was only as I got older, I got sick of marking for them and all that. So I took it a bit more serious. And when I started beating them, they said to me, right, that's it. And now we're not playing you anymore, so you, you can go off and do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so how old were you at this point then when you started beating your brothers? 
I, I, was, I was just about 15, about 15, 16. I just got sick of Keith Matthews for him. So um, it was just 15, 16 because I was at home, weren't going out. So, And then uh, when I did that, I just played for my mum in the pub when she was ever shot. I didn't take it really seriously. It's got a long history, women's darts. They'd always, you know, the, the county teams or whatever, they'd have the, the men's team, they'd have the women's team, and there'd be there'd be big organised trips and everything. It was, a, it was a big institution. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of games up and down the country. But how much crossover was there in, in, in the women playing the men? Uh, it, it was, like, like you said, uh, counting everything. Um, it was all weekends, a lot of open travelling and and everything, but the when I started, there wasn't ladies didn't play really against the men. It was only in your local pubs and competitions where they let you mix. As, as a league I play in at home, women aren't allowed to play in the men's league, which made it difficult if you want to progress any further. Hmm. I mean, that must have been incredibly frustrating for you because you must have looked at some of the guys playing in the league and gone, well, I'm, I'm as good as these lot. Yeah, um, I wanted to play against the men because I thought if I needed to go to the circuit, I needed to up my levels. Um, so playing some of the ladies in the league, the, they weren't the levels I needed to do to do the circuit. So I could have played in the men's league and they wouldn't let me play in the men's league because they said it's not a mix, it's the men's. So I was determined then to just say, right, so if I played them in the local competitions down here, I'd go to beat them and just say, well, there's your... There's your problem. What's your problem? I can play as good as you, so just let us play. But they didn't. Do, I mean, do you remember you, the first time when you you decided to do that? Like, what, was there a particular? Was it an open or something where you went right? I'm going to go in here, and you and you beat a whole series of blokes and, and kind of made your point. Um, it was just in the local one. Um, my husband he was going to the tournaments with the men, and they'd have a ladies there, and they'd, he'd just say like, "Oh, can the missus play?" Is it? It's an open. They just said, "Oh yeah, of course you can," but they didn't realise I could play. <laughs> so I, I, I went to one. I think it was in Manchester, and I played in the ladies and the men, and uh, I won them both. Oh, um, that's fantastic! <laughs> I won them both, and then the attorney said, uh, "Right now, to get my point, there you go. <laughs> we can just play as good as you. So there is no ladies and men." So how old were you then? <laughs> uh, I was in my twenties then. Right, so I, I mean, in, uh, yeah, you you've been playing playing a long, long while, Lisa. I mean, it, it it must have been very, very odd seeing what's happened with the ladies' game over the last what four, five years, really. That's that's when it seems to have gone to another level. Yeah, it has. Um, I think as as. We've improved the top ladies. It's brought the other ladies forward. And it's nice to see now all the ladies are taking it more serious. They're all putting the work in. And the levels are rising. It's good. We're not just getting, like, the few top ones now. Quite a few of the young ones are coming through. And and it's encouraging. And they're all ladies that are improving. I mean, were there any times back in the day where... You know, you'd you'd taken on a bloke and you'd beaten a bloke and he'd got the ump about it or kicked off that you shouldn't have been playing in the tournament. I can imagine those situations arising back in the day. I've had uh, a few men who've uh, took the mick 
they've snapped the darts, thrown them in the bin, I've lost to a woman, and that's really wound me up because it's like, right, I'm just playing the game like you. And I've had lads have just been funny and like they took the mick out my husband he lost to a woman and and then I played him next and it just frustrates me and my husband's just laughed he went you're a no don't you like yeah so right we'll just watch this and I batted him 4-0 and I just turned around I just turned around I said to him yeah what's it like get beat by a woman thank you and I just turned around and walked up and everybody just laughed and they said we yeah, they just said to me, we learnt that, do not say that to her, because you always come worse off. <laughs> well, do, you, uh, do you think any of that still exists? I mean, look, when when Fallon beat Ted Everts uh, at the World Championship, uh, that was obviously a big moment for, for women's darts. Um, but to be honest, I mean, and Ted acknowledged it after the match because I spoke to him, he said, you know, it's bound to happen. There are some very, very good ladies players out there. We play them on the exhibition circuit, and the likes of Lisa or Fallon, they've got the game to beat us. And it was bound to happen at some point, but the fact that it did, it's it's an enormous step forward. It's shown everybody else that it's possible. Yeah, definitely, uh, is what Fallon did. It's like Makuru, she missed out. She could have been the one, is what Fallon did. Mm. Um, me and me and Anna, did, I said, but it just shows. Look, we have got the levels to game. It was going to happen one day, and it has happened. And it just shows we are as same as me. Didn't think I wanted to get through, get a tour card, and one of us have. We've done it, so we're just breaking levels through because we, we're finally getting the opportunities to do that now. So it's nice to have. No, it certainly is. How how does darts fit into your life, Lisa? I mean, where where is it? Is it just been a hobby? Has it been something you've been able to dedicate a lot of your time to? I mean, if you worked, you've obviously had a family and had a, a bunch of kids. So I mean, it's it's kind of have been the main drive for you all through these years because you've had real life that's got in the way. Yeah, um, I have. I've had my children first. Um, it was just a hobby at the beginning, and then it was just as my children have got older um, and, and the lads and all said, you need to take it seriously because you, you're as good as what the, the ladies that are on the telly are. And it was just my mum said, we'll mind the kids, my mum and dad, as if you want to take it serious. So I did do. My family babysit, my husband come with me. And that's when I just took it a bit more further because my children were a bit more off my hands now. I was working and then just doing the weekend. What were you doing as a job? Uh, I used to do injection moulding, making like hospital equipment, car, a headlight, anything what's made of plastic, I've made. So, I mean, how long did you do that for? And, and did that? Did there come a point where you just went, you know what, I, I, I've got to pack that in or wind down here because I, I need to focus on the darts? I used to do that and then I uh, used to do shifts and then when my husband do shifts and if it job would change it is I would change I'd have to cut down on mine because it was the more uh, income of what was coming in the house than what mine was so as I cut down on that I started to do the darts a bit more because it was easier to just do that as the weekend so as they got older and uh, I started doing more comps and winning them I started to uh, think about taking it more seriously who was it that you were watching on the telly and, and thinking, 
well, I, I, I can do that. If if they're you know doing so well out of this and playing on TV, then then why can't I? Because I mean, two thousand and nine was your first Lakeside, and and you ended up losing to Trina in the quarterfinals. You did the same three years later. I mean, was it Trina you were watching and going, I can do that, and she's she's the greatest lady player ever? Yeah, it was Trina and Francis. I mm. I'd be in the pub and watching them. Like everybody, like watching it all in the world, and I'd be playing against the lads, and they'd be saying, "You can beat them on the telly. You need to get on there. You can beat them." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And then I used to watch them and playing against the guys, and I used to think, "Oh, I can play as good as them." So I thought, right, well then I'll give it a go, and um, I went and did the playoffs and I qualified. So but I think that's what set it off from the beginning. What were the feelings of, of appearing at Lakeside for that first time on TV, the big stage, you know, somewhere you'd been watching on telly for, for years, presumably? I mean, how, how did you deal with that? The first time when I qualified, I thought the only thing I didn't want was get Trina as the world <laughs> champ as first game. And for the first two years of qualified, I got Trina Gulliver first round. And I was like, oh, it's her stage. First time for me, I was absolutely a nervous wreck. I'd never really done, all I'd done was county. I'd never done a major stage, so it was my first TV or a major stage. I was shaking like a leaf. I was absolutely petrified uh, of doing it. But then as I just started to play it, I just thought, well, the pressure's on her. I'm just going to enjoy it as all I can do and just learn off it and hopefully get back and do it again. Well, that's the interesting thing, right? So... Do you reckon by the end of that game, you were much, even though you lost that match to Trina, you were much better prepared to play on stage in front of cameras? Because if, if we're talking about the men's game, and PDC in particular, the number of TV tournaments, number of Euro tours and big stages and big crowds, there are so many now that they get quite a lot of opportunities to learn. But in the women's game, you got one a year. And however many games you got depended on whether you could keep on winning. You, I mean, you played Trina twice in, what, three, four years, and that was the only chance you got to play on a big stage in front of TV cameras. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I took the first year, it was petrified. And when I qualified again, it was Trina again, the first round. And I just thought to myself, look, you know what happens this time, the TV, the crowds, everything. So I just stood there in myself and just thought, look, Take everything in as what you did last time and just concentrate, look round. And that's what I did. And then just focus on my old game. Is just keep the experience in my head and learn of everything what I've been there before. Quick learner, Lisa. I mean, you must go into into some games now. Take take the UK Open when you beat Aaron Beanie, first woman ever to throw 100 average on a big stage. I mean, you must have walked up there and thought, all right, OK, I know Aaron is... Yeah, you know, he, he's he picked up some wins uh, in his in his time here, and he's beaten some big name players. But when it comes to experience, I've got loads more than this lad. You actually got an advantage over him, haven't you? Yeah, uh, it was first time for Aaron, but uh, so I knew he, he'd probably be a, it rather goes one way or the other. They take to it straight away, or they're a bit nervous. But um, I just did my own game with all the experience I'd done in the ladies. I just took it as that, take my experience straight onto the stage, play my own game. Don't I don't look or bother what anybody else is doing. Just concentrate on my game and then hopefully I just take the well, just get over the winning line for once. 
we've been so close so many times. Just let's get over the winning line on this one. What was that moment like? The winning double, and and then being told that you'd you'd thrown the hundred average. I mean, what what were those emotions like? I just thought to myself, right, I've been in this, just hit this double ten, and when I hit it, and he said game, and set, and I was like, oh my god, I've actually done it. I've actually won a game on the tally. I've finally done it. And that's what I, as I said to Aaron. And he went, well done. I went, oh, my God. I said, I've done it. I've actually won one. Thank you. And it was rusting everybody like oh, that. You uh, said that to him after you'd just beaten him? <laughs> he did. He said, well done. I, went, I just went, oh, yeah. I said, wow. I said, I've actually, I finally won one. And I went, oh, I don't mean that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just so happy to get over the winning line. And I didn't realise what I said until afterwards. And I thought, yes, finally. And he went, you've done it. I went, no, thank you. And I, we were just, because we were so mates, we set off together. We practiced first together because we mm-hmm. were two newbies in that. And we've always got on and supported each other. Even now, we still do. And, uh, yeah, it was lovely. And he was so pleased for me. I finally got over the winning line. But it was good because we were playing each other. But, yeah, to finally win out. And I didn't even know I'd done 100 average. I ain't got a clue until I did an interview and they told me doing an interview and I went, oh, have I? Oh, brilliant. That's another uh, tick off my uh, to-do list. Absolutely. I mean, look, for you to to do that, we know we know you're capable at Lisa because we've seen you play like that, but it's about doing it enough to, to win enough games to potentially... I mean, do you think... You could win one of these Pro Tour titles. Do you think that's on the cards over the next few months? Say, say even this year, do you think that's a possibility? I do, yeah. I've got to go in and think of that. There's no point going in uh, if you don't think you're going to win one. I do. I know I, I need consistency, and that's that's what I'm, I'm working on. I can do the 100 hours, I can do 90 hours, one or two games. I've just got to keep my consistency. If I can keep my consistency, I know I can push all the way. So I'm just hoping it'll all click one time and and I can do it. Because I mean, if if you you might even have to win one, but if you if you win in a few more games over the next couple of Super Series, you can put yourself in minehead for the Players Champs, get yourself to the World Championship, and potentially, potentially keep hold of your tour card. Where would keeping hold of your tour card after two years? Where would that rank in your list of achievements? That's got to rank him in one of my top ten at least because that's what I'm aiming for this year is just to keep all of my tour cards to just prove to myself and everybody else it wasn't just a fluke of getting a, a tour card. You do your two years and you're straight back out. No, I want to keep my tour card and I'm just going to prove I know I deserve and I want to be there to stay and play, play, with, the, play with the best players in the world because I know I can play like them. And if you keep hold of your tour card come the end of this year, Lisa, I mean that surely, surely that does cement you as, as one of the very best, if not the very best woman ever to have thrown a dart, does it not? I'm hoping so. It puts me up there with uh, with the best late, like lady trainers done ten times as, as one of the greatest ladies in that. Hopefully, it does put me in there and make history and just show all the other new young girls and the ladies coming through look it's not just a one-off if you work at it you can keep it and see what other doors can open for you 
How, what do you take more satisfaction from, Liz? Do you take more satisfaction from your own performances and achievements? You know, the first things, you know, first woman to win a tour card at Q School, um, first woman to throw 100 average on a big stage, four uh, world world titles. Do you take pride from those? Or, or what is it going to give you more pride if, say, somebody comes along 10 years from now, five years from now, and becomes the first woman to reach a big TV final in men's darts? And she goes, you know what? The reason I did this is because Lisa Ashton got me into the game. Which which one of those would you would you rate more highly? Oh, that's hard. At the minute, it'd be what I achieved myself. Yes, yeah, sod but, the kids, yeah. sod the kids, Lisa. It's all about what you can that's get out of the game. That's like that's why you're a winner. That's why you're a winner. <laughs> I like I've that. I'm getting old now, so I have to take what I can at my age because I don't no longer love left. Damn <laughs> so. right, yeah. Loads of time left. Keep hold of that tour card and keep putting the kids in their place. And if you're listening, any kids who are looking to get into the game because of Lisa Ashton, this absolute hero of darts, tough, tough. Get in the game. She'll keep spanking you over and over again. Lisa Ashton, the Lancashire Rose, thank you very much for joining us. Cheers. Thank you. Right, Lisa Ashton there. Uh, Wayne, uh, I very much... Very much enjoyed Lisa just saying, you know, yeah. sod legacy, sod kids, sod the growth of the game. This is I'm in it for myself, and that is the absolute yeah. attitude of a champion, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was really interesting when, and you, you said it, a quick learner, and mm. I, I think that that kind of really sums Lisa up. I've you, every now and again you you kind of see her play, and you're thinking you are just way beyond what I've seen from other lady dart players and we've already mentioned about dragging each other along and she, she's averaging sort of 88 for, for the whole year and this is just this year that's a, mm. a, a growth from last year and the year before that and you said about uh, just failing to, to get a card last year I, I believe getting it this year uh, sorry last year is, is kind yeah, of a blessing last, in disguise yeah. she can now win games and averaging that ton, it's kind of, yeah, it's only one game. But we know that it's not a fluke with Lisa. We know it's not. And she goes on about the playing men, the, the, the resistance she's had. It's just ridiculous. And I know what men are like. I know what men are like. Oh, I'm playing a woman. I can't lose to her. Well, losing to Lisa is not a shameful thing to happen because I can assure you I have and I will again. That's absolute <laughs> fact. But I love... <laughs> I loved the way, uh, and I've mentioned this before, In it's the reason people become successful in life, in anything. And I, I'm going from, from Bill Gates to, to Lisa Ashton. It's circumstance. Mm. It's all circumstance. Lisa didn't have the opportunity earlier on in a darting, uh, I'm going to call it a career, but it was a hobby, mm. uh, because she had young kids. Young kids, she couldn't do it. She uh, Her husband worked, she had to work. But once the circumstances changed and she was allowed to to kind of shed that that freedom, if you like, uh, with with money and and, and babysitters and, and all sorts of, of things that, that go around it. Wow. Look at her now. She's uh, she will go down as probably not the most successful, but maybe the, the greatest thrower of darts that a woman's ever seen.
Yeah, I mean, look, there, there are loads of names you can you can throw into the mix. I mean, Trina's Hall of World Titles is is probably not oh. going to be surpassed, um, very much like like Phil Taylor's. But you know, you just look at what Lisa's done. I I absolutely adore watching Makuru Suzuki, and and she's done things yeah. that have have really you know t- made people sit up and take notice. I mean, she's she's gone yeah. an entire year unbeaten uh, over in Asia. Uh, as well as coming over and winning uh, a couple of lakesides, uh, Fallon we know has had those those standout moments um, at, at Ali Pali. But you know what? I mean, she could she she could have a long long career ahead of her. I mean, like Lisa was saying there, she was she was playing since she was a teenager and and was good when yeah. she was in her twenties. As you say, it's only circumstance that much later has allowed her to pursue. She's only really been playing for properly and trying to do the women's circuit for just over a decade now. Um, yeah. And you know Fallon could do all kinds of things. Bo Greaves could do an enormous amount of stuff, yeah. and and they are going to be holding up the likes of Trina Gulliver, uh, Francis Hunslow, who, who Lisa mentions in that uh, tournament, and, and Lisa herself as as the inspirations for for them to go and do it. And I, I just think we're very very lucky to be seeing her doing what she's doing right now. Yeah, I, I agree. There's one th- there's one thing that I I kind of feel is just a a negative, and that mm. is that. These opportunities uh, of what she's what's coming her way now has just come. Um, she may be around for another five, ten years. I don't know that, but mm. uh, it's just come around that little bit too late, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a bit like Martin Adams. Martin Adams, I, I do you know, I, I used to uh, play in uh, triples events. Uh, they were just mixed triples and mixed pairs events with with my wife Donna that was a girlfriend at the time when I was like 13 14 years of age Martin Adams was brilliant then but he continued no, to play and play and play and kind of hit the ground uh in an unbelievable fashion when he was in his 50s if he'd have done that five six seven years before the 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 hall of of wins could have been amazing and and the, the how long have you the, known Martin Adams then like how how old since, was he, when he since I was about fifteen so he'd so have been we're, we're talking what, like thirty two years yeah right. yeah Does, has he always it's looked exactly boy. the same I've got to think Martin Adams might have been born with a like a big grey beard and a load yes. of jewellery is he always looked exactly yeah, it, and just laughed <laughs> all the time yeah non-stop. he's always had that laugh. But yeah. he used to have what would be just a, it was kind of longer than a goatee. Right. It was it wasn't a beard. It wasn't oh, a right. beard. It was like yeah, it it was kind of you could have had a shave night. It was one of those. Right, yeah. And honestly, the style has just not changed. His his way of play has just not not changed at all. And I I, I sometimes think of, of of Martin when people are going about I should have joined the PDC. It, yeah, no guts, no bottle, no this. Oh, come on now. No. It, it, unfortunately, hit the ground running nearer 50 than 40, and that is a massive shame. And I, I do believe that that's kind of happened with Lisa a bit as well. If it had happened five, six years before that, then maybe, do you know what? Maybe the growth of ladies' darts would have even been, uh, been better than... I call it the growth now. They're getting more opportunities now, but the growth is... Uh, that's a bit of a strong word. 
it's look as you say it's circumstances with individuals lives but it's also everything aligning you know the fact that the bdo has has waned over recent years um you know yeah. to be honest if if lisa had been playing brilliantly you know even more brilliantly 10 years ago at, at this sort of standard 100 averages and all sorts of stuff then i mean she'd still all it would do would put a bit more gloss on the 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 bdo product and i don't yeah. really think um there would have been any capitalizing upon it um, no. I, I don't know. I think you know she's she's just been here at the right place at the right time to go and do some stuff that people have, have never done before. Yeah. The same as as Fallon was yeah. at Ali Pali. Um, two incredible sets of achievements, and fingers crossed, yeah. plenty more to come because it is Lisa Ashton and Fallon and all those other names that we've mentioned that hopefully can help propel the game uh, for the ladies onto the next level. The darts. Fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Just <laughs> every professional will tell you, oh, it's tremendous. I think it's an absolutely genius idea. I think it's been fantastic. That's just absolutely amazing. It's always great. The hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. It's made my night. I think it's made everybody out there's night. I don't think I'll ever witness anything like that again. It was just <laughs> a mark of speed for That's just phenomenal. Right, let's focus on some actual stuff that's coming up. It is the Premier League. It is the return of fans. Uh, where, have you been watching any of the, the football with fans returning, Wayne, in recent days? Uh, Spurs the other really. day? I'm a, top, I'm a Tottenham <laughs> fan, so I don't really like football. <laughs> that's can, all right. Can we move on? Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to talk about Harry Kane or anything? Do you want to like burst into tears or anything uh, like that? Who's he no. play for? Oh, yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? We'll find out soon enough. Um, but yes, yeah, I have, yes, yes. I have watched it with the fans coming back, and it is it's made such a difference to football. It really has. I yeah. thought that the, the fake crowd. I've become accustomed to it, and. I don't yeah. know what it's going to be like walking into Milton Keynes with with the fans. I know it's not going to be loads in on that first couple of nights, but the last couple, it'll have a thousand in, and that that'll be enough. That'll be enough to have an atmosphere, yeah. and I'm really looking yeah. forward to. It. I don't think I'm going to cry, but I think it's going to yeah. be. I think it's going to make a big difference, and I think it's going to make a difference to the players because they've gotten acclimatized. They've gotten used yeah. to to life without fans, and this is going to be. A bit of a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a shock to the system. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And and the, the opening game is is Johnny Clayton v v Gary. Uh, Johnny's been in inspired form. I'm going to say behind closed doors because because it it has. And look, it's just probably a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think Gary will benefit. Uh, Gary's uh, points look flat, but. I, I think they will all they will all benefit from it because look without fans we we don't have a sustainable product it can't work for how the PDC have carried on is just it's fantastic what they've done they really have I I pictured six months in that uh, the the prize money would have would have been halved or, or slashed to to some percentage uh, but no they've carried on it's like look we've we've got rainy day money and and this is our our, our rainy day so let, let's let's dip into that that bucket of or that that trough of kind of uh, of money but I, I of course it will matter to them it, it has to because for years and years and years they've never played to to, to no one uh 
and all of a sudden it happened kind of literally uh, overnight so we welcomed them back i was actually playing golf with russ bray yesterday oh yeah uh, did you win that was uh, yeah uh, uh, he he won he won the the first 18 we played 36 holes and i i won the the next oh. and i was actually saying to him i said nine darts in you're going to be giving it ladies and gentlemen please give the players the best of order come on and you can imagine it can't you yeah. you can imagine it uh, it's it's going to be quite funny because we are going to we are going to hear that we're going to hear it from from one of the referees and one of the players is going to cop the up as well well that's um, it but what i'm i'm more i think funny. there's two big questions that i want answered right one <clears throat> uh one all that stuff that we've learnt over the first 12 nights of the Premier League, where we've looked at the players and we've watched them and we've formed our opinions about who we think is going to make yeah. it to the top four and going to go and win the thing. Now, do these suddenly go out the window because the fans are back and it's a different sport? Or are you still using using that as your basis? So are you suddenly going, fans are back, Gary Anderson's back, there we go, he'll be fine? Um, no. No. You're you're still going on those performances that 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 we've seen over the first twelve nights. The fans will make a difference, but they won't make too much of a difference. The other question no, is: No, I think. Well, oh, go on. Right, right. Yeah, I think they'll make a difference to the way that we feel, the way that the players feel. I, I think that it will it will might appear that little bit more important, and the adrenaline might be flowing a bit more. But as for uh, as for the a drop off or a great big pick up in form, no. No. Okay. So we're still gonna we're using those first dozen nights as the basis for what we think is going to happen. But the much more yeah. interesting question, from my point of view, is who's going to be the first player to kick off and be really annoyed and wish the fans had just sod off back home and go back into lockdown? Because I think it might be Gary. <laughs> it might be the very well, first game potentially. I, I believe so. I, I, I really, I do. Why would I it just be, do. <laughs> within, within 15 minutes of the fans coming back, this big emotional return. I'm sure like Sky will be doing VTs, the PDC will be putting things together, welcoming everybody back. Oh, the fans are back. We've missed you. Thank you, live darts. And then 15 minutes into it, Gary Addison's going, you fuck off, go back out, you fucking... Uh. Like, it'd be amazing. <laughs> Look, let's be, let's be fair. Gary Anderson, if you, if you approach Gary and said, hello... He could get the up with that, couldn't he? Well, you he, he really could. It all depends. It all depends. Yeah, if I approached him, yeah. Even me saying his name, he's, he's subconsciously he's, he's automatically got the hump right now. But he doesn't know why. <laughs> it's just a, he doesn't know his why. spidey sense. My, my Mardell yeah, sense is tingling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's said he, he's a four-hour drive away. Yeah. yeah, and he's got the hump, and he, he's saying to Rachel. Do you know what? I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel very happy today. But I don't know why. Well, I'm the reason. I'm the reason, Gary. Do you know what? One of them. One of them will. One of them will cop, and it could be because there's a there's a couple of Welshmen or, or, or uh, uh, some Welsh fans in the, in the crowd, and they get on Gary's back. Who's to say when he plays Johnny Clayton? I I, I don't know, but one of them will kick off of course they will uh, it's I, I an just, absolute certainty i'm looking forward to it you know it's it, it's it's part of the game the, the fans make the game and so do the players falling out with them i absolutely love it makes me doubly sad that gerwin price isn't here because that would have been absolutely oh, fascinating yeah. um yeah. 
However, we do have a Welshman in Johnny the Ferret Clean. Do you what do you see happening in that game? Because Gary Anderson, look, he surprised us both. He played some really, really good stuff in that little three week chunk, uh, three day chunk. Sorry, uh, we last yeah. seen. But now he's gone back home and he's been doing his sixteen hour days or however long he insists he works on his. Yeah. his fishing lakes he won't have been practicing yeah. i think he goes back to normal i said this last time and he blew me out the water with a massive incredible display 108 average yeah. whatever it was uh, but i still think that uh, that johnny clayton is going to have the beating of it yeah I, I agree the these are the worst two finishes in the in the premier league but johnny clayton is probably right now uh, right up there with the the biggest scorers He's scoring better than Gary Anderson. It's absolute fact. Uh, the, the averages don't lie. Uh, I can see this as a missed double-a-thon because Gary Anderson... Do you remember that game with uh, Dimitri Vandenberg when Dimitri kept missing? Mm. Ga- Gary looked... And every time I think of missing doubles, I think of uh, of Gary when he was missing against uh, uh, Luke Humphreys when he, he was the first player to lose to a, a challenger or yes, contender. In Exeter. You could yeah. have given... You could have given Gary a week to hit a double in, in, in any of those legs and it wouldn't have been long enough. He can look just so, so off uh, around the outer ring. It's just incredible. But mm. like you said, he'll go and make you look silly and average 105 and make it look so elegant. But I, I just think Johnny outscores him, to be fair. And whoever hits a double first out of them, uh, good luck to them because they're, they're, they're both... They're both pretty poor on doubles this year. 36% for Johnny Clayton and 38 for Gary. That's not going to wash. No, it's not great, but I do have this thing about Johnny Clayton. It, it seems, it could, because Johnny is not the greatest counter, what he's doing, if he's got a bullseye finish at the end of it, he'll just go for yeah. it. It doesn't matter about, you know, 1-2-1, one, 1-6-1, one, one, yeah, one, okay. any, right. he's just going yeah, for I'll it. Yeah, I get that. He, get leaves, that. he leaves 25, but I think more than anybody in the world. Um, and he's he very, very leaves good. the line. <laughs> He also leaves 29 or 27. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he does leave, yeah, 22 and things like that as well. But <laughs> I think what he's done is, like, try and take it. If I've got 50 left, throw for the ball, 25. I know how to do that, 9 double eight, And I just think that that's, that'll be right. key. If he's taking out those as well as he can, and at times he has done, like over the last year, I think he's been absolutely amazing a lot of the time. But yeah. you're right, he's had some real shocking games on the doubles and it's messed up his stats for this year's Premier League. I do think Johnny yeah. Clayton's going to have enough, though, against Gary Anderson. Um, This is Me such... Too. An interesting one, though. I mean, a million one eighties. There will be a billion one eighties, maybe between oh, Jose no, de Souza no, right, and Dimitri Vandenberg. Right. A squillion. We know there's going to be then. We know there's going to be a lot, but I mm. want you to put a figure on it. Right. Okay. Um, well, I think we are going to have more. I think we're going to have at least fourteen. Fourteen one eighties. Yeah. Okay. Between Dimitri so, Vandenberg and Jose de Souza. Does he does Jose break the record? Does it does he get twelve? No, no, no. I think Jose is going to be around that sort of nine nine mark and Dimitri will weigh in with right. five or six. Uh I think that's the way right. it goes. Dimitri Dimitri's very he, he does like moving away like one seven fours and one seven sevens and things like that. Um but I, I just think that it, it, the scoring in this could be absolutely mind blowing. You could see first night, yeah. both of them could have first nine averages of, of, of close to 120 if they get going. Right. Um, it's, it's odd you should mention first nine because I think that's going to be the first nine of the night in that game. Oh, I like me, it. 
Look, you're saying there's going to be 14 180s, and I, I'm in kind of I'm in agreement. I, I think that there will be a, at least a dozen, absolutely at least. So why won't they give themselves chances at nines? I just don't see how they won't. Absolutely, I, absolutely. I just don't I mean, see it. I, I think. And it, there is, I'm, there is. Do you know always... what? I'm going to put fifty quid on it. I'm going 50, to put fifty quid. Right there, we go. And what on I'm a nine dollars in tweet, that match? I'm, in that match, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm going to tweet the. Uh, the, the, the betting slip as well, saying I'm so adamant and whatever I win, I'll, I'll give half to, to Dan Dawson, uh, charity limited, uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do. <laughs> well, I'm going to go and ask Dimitri. I've got to go to his house later on to filming for the dart show. Uh, we're doing an at home with Dimitri right. Vandenberg thing. Do you want me to go and wow. ask him to hit a nine data for you in that uh, Jose de Souza game? Would, it, yes. would that make a difference? So you're going to Dimmy's domicile. I like it. I am. I yeah. like it. Yeah, that's uh, Dommy Vandenberg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who do you think wins? Do you think it's Dimmy? Do you think it's Jose? Uh, I, I think Dimmy wins. I, I think he's got. I, I no. I, I think he's 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 the future. He's now. He's everything. He's got it. He's just got it. I. You, you know what I mean? If Jose does win that, and Johnny wins that, you Dimitri Vandenberg is going to he's going to find himself outside of the top four, him. Dimitri. And I just don't. Really? I don't. Well, really? if 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 Johnny beats Gary Anderson, yes, and yes, Jose, you're right. Sorry, Jose yeah. beats him. Then wow, yeah. and and can you with the way that he's played? I wow. just, I'm just not. That's sure. worrying. I'm not sure that can happen, but I'm going to go for the draw. Um, basically because I, I just, I, I'm struggling to separate them. I think we've got okay. I, 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 and the draws eight all. Incredible. Remember, don't forget. Uh, seven. All. Uh, seven all. Seven all. Yeah. Seven all. Goes, Sorry, I, I'm not betting on eight, eight all. Uh, <laughs> first to eight. Okay. Right. So we've got a difference there. We're not agreeing. I like this, Wayne. I like no, this. No, um, are we no. going to agree when the Asp faces Mighty Mike? Right. You're going to be slightly surprised here. Am I? And Yeah, I hope I'm not. Uh, these players get so offended. And, and, right. I predict. Are you ready? Yep. 8-1-8-2 Van Gerwen. Oh. Inter- you think he's just fixed now, do you? No, there's a, there's two things that's happened. I think Nathan's putting in some real ropey performances and Michael's slightly better. Mm-hmm. That's it? Yeah. Ro- ropey performances yeah. from Nathan Aspinall. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't very good against Johnny Clayton, but he was good against Dimitri Vandenberg the night before. He, yeah, and he then wasn't bef- very good against Peter Wright. Yeah. He's got 93, 103, 91. If he averages 93 or 91, he'd do well to win two legs. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very... I think Michael Van Gerwen has put quite a lot of pressure on himself. Um, so has James Wade, actually, in that they've been saying, oh, well, look, the, the fans have been away and there's this... You know, when the fans are back, that's when we'll really see who can who can deal with it. Um, and... If if they play, you know, if Michael Van Gogh carries on being his inconsistent self when the fans are back, then yeah. again, it's it's he's in that situation where we we said it about his darts, where he said, you know, I'll get the darts sorted, I'll go back to my old darts, and that will fix everything, and it didn't, and he was backing himself into corners because it was like, well, I've got nowhere yes. else to go here. Um, 
Yeah. I, I'm not convinced about MVG. I think that Nathan has played better darts than him over the course of this tournament. He hasn't got as good results, though. That's the thing. Um, there's not yeah. much between them. I mean, it is it is the top two in the table, and it's only one win that separates them. But I think Nathan Aspinall is going to beat Michael Van Gogh, and he has a very good record against MVG. I think he'll love having the fans back in, genuinely. Um, he can play with or without them. I think Nathan Aspinall is going to beat MVG, and Michael Van Gogh is going to find himself probably knocked off the top of the table or, or very, very close to it. It'll be, all go down to late yep. difference. Um, and that oh. brings us to the final game of the night where Peter Wright, who we, we both seem pretty convinced yeah. is out of the running, uh, takes on James Wade, who is clinging on. I mean, he's only three points off, win this game, and he's right yep. back in it. Don't do, and then I think we can just say bye-bye, Wade. Yeah, Peter's having a, a terrible time. Uh, Joe... His, his wife has had uh, a back operation and I think she's making progress, which is which is good. good. Uh, Peter's form has been lacking. He, he, he seemed to have some kind of shoulder or, or elbow in... Uh, sorry, uh, neck injury. We're, we're, we're not sure about that. Like, I, I, I don't know with Peter, but all you can go by is, is what we've seen the, the last couple of uh, outings. And the, the last one, when he lost 8-1 to Jose... Averaged 84. The night before that, 92. I can't see him turning it round to to beat James. I just cannot. I just cannot. And if he's if he's uninjured, if he's uninjured, then uh, of course he can. But uh, he's had that, what, two weeks off? Maybe his injuries got better. But I, I'm kind of liking the look of Wade every now and again. Look, he averaged 110 against Van Gerwen and mm. lost 8-3. Yeah, played amazingly, James Wade. Um, I, I've got a feeling that Peter Wright will come back and he'll be back to normal. I think it's going to be far too little, right. far too late. And I think that James Wade is going to show a bit of resilience and it's going to end up being a, a result that helps neither of them and probably ends both their chances in a draw between the pair right. of them. Um, so oh, I'm going oh. Johnny Clayton, Jose and Dimi draw with 13 or 14 180s. 14 180s. Uh, Nathan right. Aspinall to beat MVG. And then James Wade and Peter Wright to also draw and effectively end their hopes of reaching the playoffs. Uh, Wayne Mardell agrees with me that Johnny Clayton wins. He says that yeah. Dimitri Vandenberg sees off Jose de Sousa. So Michael Van Gogh wins yeah. big against the Asp Nathan Aspinall and will go, well, at least it will be two points clear at the top. But I think that will probably confirm his spot in the playoffs uh, if he did Yeah, 19 points. Mm. And then James Wade is going to beat Peter Wright. Uh, if you are getting involved on the uh, Low Six PDC Picks apps, it's free to play, cash prizes to be won. You can just go and download that from wherever you get get your apps. Um, we'll be back from Milton Keynes doing our little mini podcast updates from the Tuesday, I reckon. A very quick prediction, Wayne. You still saying that MVG tops the group? And and we actually, I think you were saying Dimmy was going to do it. Uh, I I feel a bit of a fraud here because I I think I've named three people to finish top so far. Does give you a better uh, chance of getting one right though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've now gone. I've, I've now plumped for for Michael to finish top with with Dimmy second, uh, Aspinall third, Jose no Jose third, Aspinall fourth. The reason I've left out Clayton is this thirty six percent on doubles. It's why he's fifth. It's mm -hmm. why he's outside the playoff spots. And it, it worries me for him because he's playing so well. But you need to hit the outer ring. Yes, you do. And look, and whatever happens over the next 
what week in Milton Keynes, the the debutants Dimitri, Jose, and Johnny. I mean, they could lose all their games in this final uh, chunk yeah. of action, and they would still be very, very impressive debut displays in the Premier League. Correct. Nathan Aspinall, remember, only made his debut last year, and at the minute, I mean, he could be top of the table if he wins uh, on Monday night. Uh, but it yeah. is. One of, if not the most open Premier League in history. Uh, that concludes our little Good Darts podcast broadcast. Do get involved uh, on the PDC Picks app. Uh, if you are doing so, though, remember you've got to be 18 years old, resident in the UK, terms and conditions apply. If, please gamble responsibly. Uh, if you don't, uh, then uh, I don't know. Um, we're we're going to stick you in a little room with Wayne Mardle and he's going to be forced to say the word bullseye over and over and over again. Bullseye! Kick, yeah, bullseye! Like that. Like that. Bullseye! Well, well, producer's going, no, could you just tone, tone it down a little, little bit, Wayne? Just a little, because you sound like a dick. That's how you sound and we don't want that for seven hours of, of audio book, do we? Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, if you have problems with gambling or a friend... Uh, Visit BeCamelAware.org. Bye.